How confident are you that you will have this job for a full two-year term? A thousand percent. That's what the American people expect. It's something Speaker McCarthy hasn't delivered, and that's why I've moved to vacate the chair. The thing we have in common, Kevin McCarthy said something to all of us at one point or another that he didn't really mean and never intended to live up to. He bragged about how he would crush ED medicine and, and, and chase it with, um, with an energy drink so he could go all night. The resolution is adopted. The office of Speaker of the House of the United States House of Representatives is hereby declared vacant. That was so good, I almost had to smoke a cigarette afterwards. It's like the Democrats paid these people off. Let's pay them off. Let's make it look like the Republicans can't govern and don't deserve any gavels whatsoever. But they did it for free! <laughs> You're listening to Facts and Friends. Welcome to this angry little bowtie man episode of the Facts and Friends podcast. I need a gavel. Do I have a gavel? <laughs> It needs to look ridiculously big, given your small stature. <laughs> That's right. My <laughs> name is Tino, and joining me this week is my friend and co-host. Most of you know him as Taylor Swift's Travis Kelsey rebound boyfriend, <laughs> but I know him as Judson. Hello, Judson. That's the nicest one you've ever given me. <laughs> my wife's going to be mad. <laughs> Man, the numbers this show is going to get when that relationship starts. <laughs> <laughs> She'll do the show, right? I'll make that a stipulation of being okay. her rebound boyfriend. <laughs> okay. And I read, by the way, that she wasn't at his 34th oh, birthday God. party. So your opening may be forming already. Oh, my. <laughs> Let the conspiracy theories commence. <laughs> well, we have a veritable Magadonian shit ton of news to talk about this week, Judson. Joe Biden gave us a huge assist with the Bernie bros by deciding to fuck over indigenous people and the environment so he could help build Trump's wall. <sighs> We're also going to take a look at all of the developments in Trump's legal entanglements. None I of them don't good. think we have enough time for that okay <laughs> we're also going to take a look at some of the developments in trump's legal entanglements right. none of them good for him yeah we also had one of the most consequential and effective congressional hearings in u.s history we did wherein <laughs> republicans proved once and for all they have no case for impeachment of joe biden oh that one <laughs> sure in that sense it was effective <laughs> right lots been going on in congress lately it turns out yes that's why, Judson, we lovingly carved out a feature-length chunk of time for a show-stopping Facts and Friends dance number performed on the very fresh political grave of one Kevin Owen McCarthy. Oh, Mevin. And as if that weren't enough, and it is, <laughs> we're going to close out the show by sharing our thoughts on the brand new MAGA version of We Are the World, which features such oh acclaimed vocalists as... Forgiato Blow and General <laughs> Michael Flynn. I'm sorry, the traitor General Michael Flynn? Uh-huh, of Lock Her Up fame, National wow. Security Advisor. If only we lived in a timeline wherein I were making that up. <laughs> All right, let's dive in, Judson. I added this at the last minute because I figured we needed to talk about it. Hillary just won't figure out what you should and shouldn't say in public. Well, First, it was the basket of deplorables, and now it's this. 
And sadly, so many of those extremists, those mega extremists, um, take their marching orders from Donald Trump, who has no credibility left by any measure. He's only in it for himself. He's now defending himself in civil actions and criminal actions. And when do they break with him? You know, because at some point, you know, maybe there needs to be a formal deprogramming of the cult members. That was from an interview with CNN. I don't see a problem. Well, I did compare it to the basket of deplorables and she wasn't wrong. I thought the basket of deplorables was yeah, an accurate statement, even if possibly ill-advised. Also underselling how many of them were deplorable. She's not wrong here. These poor idiots have been brainwashed by the far-right misinformation machine and the cult of MAGA, and they definitely benefit from deprogramming. I mean, she didn't say she was going to deprogram the, uh, the 5G chip that they just activated it. <laughs> In their brains, right? <laughs> no, they didn't get the shot. <laughs> they don't have those chips. Oh, they've, they've got them. They just don't know they've got them. I think I can say this with some confidence. Neither one of us think there should be any kind of mandated formal deprogramming of MAGA folks, right? I do not think that we should be forcing anyone into any sort of deprogramming program. No. Okay. But technically, that is what Hillary said in that interview. I mean, she didn't get into specifics either on what she meant by a formal deprogramming, though. It takes a lot less than that to trigger these crazy people. She could do anything and trigger these crazy people. It's She's Hillary Clinton. Why go out of your way? She, it's not. Wherever she is, that is where she triggers them. It's not out of her way. Well, I don't know. Maybe she hadn't <laughs> had her d- daily intake of baby blood and just wasn't thinking clearly. <laughs> but I, I do wish she hadn't gone on national television and, and said that. Ah, doesn't bother me. Okay. Okay, moving along. Let's crazy's gonna crazy. Uh, there's not much you can do about that. All right. Well, let's do a little association, Judson. I am going to name a debacle throughout history, uh-huh. either distant or recent, and you will tell us the president associated with said debacle. Oh. Okay. How does that sound? Okay. All right. What if I don't know? Watergate. <laughs> okay. Nixon. Okay. That's right. Teapot Dome. That's Warren G. Harding. That's right. Lying to start a senseless war in Iraq and Afghanistan. Bush. W. Right. Getting a blowjob from Larry Sinclair in the back of a limo. Obama! Obama! <laughs> no, that was a trick. The answer is none of, no president. I mean, uh, Iran-Contra. Iran-Contra Reagan. Right. And how about lying about building a southern border wall? Lying about, I mean, what you're going to tell me now is that Biden lied about not doing it. I am <laughs> going to tell you that. That last one is a tie as of this past week, Judson. <laughs> While Donald Trump lied about actually building a wall on the southern border, one Joseph Robinette Biden lied about not doing it. I will confess that I am now off Twitter. And so I don't know as much about the news that has happened in the last week as I used to. Okay. Well, so I don't know the details. I know the headline of the story, but I do not know the details here. Biden, when he was campaigning, promised that he would build, quote, not another foot of Trump's wall. Sure. Then seemingly out of nowhere on Thursday, his administration said it would not only build up to 20 miles of border wall in the Rio Grande Valley. They also said they would waive environmental restrictions to do so. Yeah, I don't like that. So the Biden folks claim that they were powerless to stop the wall construction as the funds for it had been approved by Congress back when Trump was president. Now, while that may be true, certainly there was no obligation to waive the environmental regulations, nor in my research and reading today did I find any such claim by the Biden administration. Yeah, I can't give you a reason. Justin, it's well established that you are a Joe Biden apologist. It is established lore by (laughs) Tino. Yeah, sure. (laughs) I seem to recall this from season one. 
Step right up, one and all. Get another long look at Judson's amazing Joe Biden apology tour. <laughs> what is your take on the wall building flip flop here? Honestly, like I said, I don't know enough about the situation to really speak intelligently on it. I don't like it. Given and what I I've feel, just told you. I, well, I don't know that that's the entire story. You're, you're asking me to take it on faith that that's the answer and that's that's what it is. And then that, then I would have no... I'm, no, I'm asking you to base the opinion you give right now here on the show on what I've told you. But that's, again, I do not have a full enough picture, I think, of the data. I agree. What you've painted, the picture you've painted, I do not care for. I do not like that. And I think that there are probably legal things that they could have done, legal maneuvers they could have taken to not take these actions that they have taken. So either they are doing something that I fundamentally disagree with or again I don't I don't have enough knowledge to, to speak intelligently on why they would be doing what they're doing for other reasons what about messaging if you know this time bomb is ticking right don't you get ahead of it publicly don't you let your allies and the American people know that it's coming kind of tell them what you're doing about it I think at minimum you can agree this shouldn't have been a surprise I think I would yes I would just like to hear the administration explain it and so far the messaging around this has been dreadful so it feels a little bit to me like the uh, Jamal Bowen fire alarm story where news broke about it and there was a video of him pulling the fire alarm and right-wing media jumped to a conclusion and pushed this narrative that it was deliberate to block votes and to stall the votes in, the, in Congress when the reality is he did a stupid thing for a stupid reason. But I'm not jumping to a conclusion here. I'm saying based on... I'm not on saying you are. I'm saying that the news broke and the media sources are putting out this information and they're going with a story without information from the side. The, the, the thing you're talking about the the white house has not put out any sort of yes they have defense or rationale well a rationale that that explains the questions that explains the questions Biden's been asked about it mayorkas has been asked about it given opportunities they have failed to explain it to my satisfaction certainly and i would hazard a guess to yours i mean i based on what you've told me so far yes it's failed to meet my failed to meet the questions that i have all right speaking of abject failure judson let's talk about some of the latest developments in the various legal problems trump and some of his allies are facing before but before we get to the master, I think it's worth noting that the student has learned well. Just like his twice impeached, four times indicted savior, Donald Trump, Mike, my pillow Lindell <laughs> didn't pay his lawyers. Oops. Yeah. Is that because he can't, though? Uh, yeah, <laughs> turns out. <laughs> yeah. Lawyers representing Lindell in his anti-defamation lawsuits against voting machine companies asked the court for permission to quit the case, citing millions of dollars of unpaid bills as their reason. Lindell didn't object to the request, so they've effectively <laughs> quit. Mike did have a rambling interview about the situation. Here's here's a very short clip. All the lawyers we have for my pillow and uh, myself in the lawsuits with the lawfare with Dominion and Smartmatic, they, uh, they just filed in federal federal court that uh, to drop uh, to drop us as our attorneys and we I we have to I, I can't pay the lawyers we can't pay there's no money left to pay them so I edited out the part where he blames American Express and the Democrats thank you but we reached out to Lindell's former lawyers for comment on their ex-client and uh, they just referred us back to this clip he's an asshole <laughs> <laughs> So this confuses me. L Lindell is now looking for new lawyers to represent him in this case. Help me out. 
I, what law firm takes his case? <laughs> this is a uh, a civil case, though, right? He's being sued by yeah. by lawfare and and other people, right? So this is yeah, yeah. I don't know. You're not entitled to a defense, there, are you? His lawyers quit for non-payment. He still owes them money. Yeah. Why would the new lawyers expect anything better? I mean, maybe he's hoping somebody will pay for them for him. I guess is he running a grift of his own now? I don't know if he is. I didn't see any news about that. I would assume he'd have. To. I mean, uh, almost always. I feel like that was a, right. a stupid question that I just asked. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely, there's a. I mean, we've seen Trump constantly having to replace lawyers that quit. Like, yeah. And then how much worse the quality of lawyer becomes with each new replacement. Oh, no. he, yeah. I watch um, uh, Legal Eagle uh, YouTube videos and he just did a, a tier ranking of all of Trump's lawyers. <laughs> oh, God. And we weren't starting at superstar either, right? No, no, no we weren't. Well, he had, he had, <laughs> actually, he, does, he does start, he goes like S tier. There are no S tier lawyers <laughs> in this table. <laughs> so we're going to drop right down to A. But Alina Haba, his current attorney, even before the failure to check the box that we'll get to, I guess, in a minute. We will. Was already in F tier. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> before that well, happened. <laughs> Trump and his clown fiesta legal team were back in court last week, Judson. Late last month, a judge found that Trump, Don Jr., and Eric, and 10 of Trump's companies had committed fraud by massively overstating the value of their properties in order to get the best loan terms possible. The New York judge, Arthur N. Goron, he also ordered the dissolution of Trump's companies in New York State. There's like 121 or something of these LLCs and various other yeah. companies that he has there. Well, let's just, I just want to take a step back because this is so hard to follow with all the legal entanglements, right? Yes. There are six that we're tracking. There's the New York State fraud case that I just mentioned. Right. In Manhattan, there's a defamation and sexual assault case brought by E. Jean Carroll. Times two. Times two. Uh, in Manhattan, <laughs> there's also a porn star hush money case. Right. Federally, there's the mishandling of classified documents, so it's last treason. Yep. Uh, in Georgia, there's an election subversion case. And also federally, there's another election subversion slash attempted coup case. So those are the six. Right. That's still, yeah. But most of the news this past week was on the first one of those, the New York state fraud case. So that's mostly what we're going to talk about. The trial started this past week and Trump was there, which is well for a few days. Well, it's worth noting because he didn't have to be there, but he told the judge in Florida, he yeah, did yeah. have to He's be complained there. that he doesn't have time to campaign. He's supposed to sit for a deposition in Florida or the Georgia case. Maybe I'm not sure which one. There's too many cases. As you just said, did he skip it? He did. He, he got out of the deposition. It was supposed to be this coming week, I think on Monday. So he got out of the deposition saying he was going to be in New York for the fraud case all week. And then he left town on Wednesday and flew back to Florida. Maybe it was a Georgia case. Yeah. It's funny because I was trying to hypothesize as I was thinking about this. Why did he go? There's no upside. That's the why I think. He yeah, claimed, it was just to get out of that. He claimed he had, he couldn't do the deposition on the agreed upon date because he would be in New York for the fraud case for the whole week. And it was the first week of the case and he needed to be there because lots of decisions would have to be made about their strategy and things like that during this time. And is there no consequence now for him clearly ah. having lied? To that judge. I would, if I were on the other side of that case, and if I were an attorney, which I am definitely not, I feel like I would say something about that, yes. I bet you could still make you yourself, <laughs> not being an attorney, make Legal Eagles F tier. <laughs> Probably. Okay. <laughs> I could not possibly be worse than Alina Haba. That's just, I've <laughs> yeah. seen a lot of episodes of Suits and Law and Order. I, I, I can figure out some of this shit. So I don't know where I read it or heard it. I want to say maybe Pod Save America, but one of the political talking heads noted that Trump doesn't have a legal strategy per se. His political strategy is his legal strategy. Yeah, I mean that's which that's the case. Yeah, is dead well, on. I mean, right? His lawyers get reelected, make everything go away through pardons or abuse of federal executive power. Yep, and then 
punish those that were trying to uphold the law. Right. That seems Retrib- to be the retribution. Plan. Yeah. All right. So Trump showed up in the courthouse and now Judson has told me why. <laughs> and he raises holy hell last week because he's been denied a jury trial. Denied is a strong word. <laughs> he says his proof that the deep state and this corrupt Democrat judge has rigged this trial. <laughs> Now, you referenced this a second ago, Judson, and a lot of our listeners probably heard that the reason that there is no jury trial is because Trump's brilliant legal team on this case, led by one of Trump's more self-aware attorneys, Alina. I'm embarrassed to be a lawyer at this moment. Honestly, I am ashamed. Haba. uh, (laughs) Miss Miss Haba was believed to have checked the wrong box on the paperwork, which she, in fact, denied. But point of fact, (laughs) the wrong box was indeed checked. Yeah, we saw the documents. So Yeah, we saw the documents. But per the Daily Beast, it might be a little bit more complicated than her never having requested a jury trial. Okay. Jose Paglieri reported that, quote, technically, Haba did request a jury trial. The Daily Beast was there in court when she did, but neither she nor anyone else on the entire defense team ever followed up. (laughs) In the truest sense of technically, his lawyers didn't request a jury trial. At least they never did so on paper. Technically correct. The best kind of correct. (laughs) So it is true that Trump's legal team dropped the ball on this. The question is why? Because they they're bad. Well, maybe. I mean, there are a few they reasons. are bad for sure. Oh, they're definitely bad. I'm just saying maybe <laughs> that's the reason. Maybe it's not. Right, right. The most prominent theory is that they were distracted by something shiny. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, per Pagliari's reporting, reasons range from plain old they forgot to they did it on purpose for exactly this yeah. reason. They can claim that they were done wrong by a corrupt system out to get Trump so then, then they can raise money from the ensuing I'm outbreak. pretty sure it's a they forgot, but they will take advantage of the situation to do the second thing. Uh, you're probably right. I, I do not think we're playing 12D chess here. I think they just fucked up, but there's yeah. a silver lining for them in terms of of the narrative they wish to paint. So interestingly enough, this case has already been really been decided. Yes. They're in court to determine the penalty. Right. The, the, he's already guilty. It, it's that's that's done. Right. Summary judgment or whatever they've called this. New York Attorney General Letitia James is seeking 250 million in damages along with a permanent ban on Trump and his idiot sons from running businesses in New York. Now Trump has finally appealed the fraud ruling yeah. this past week, but this trial will likely be over before that appeal is decided. <laughs> also seems unlikely for it to get overturned, I think on appeal. I, I doubt yeah. it. He did harshly prevail in an appeal to halt the fraud trial. The trial wasn't halted, but the appellate court did stay in Gorin's order to dissolve Trump's New York businesses. Right, so till, the, till they sort it out. Sure. That didn't happen. That seems reasonable. So then there's the issue of the gag order, yeah, right? right? Trump posted a photo and negative comments about Ngoron's law clerk on Bullshit Social. The post was a photo of the law clerk. Her name is Allison Greenfield. In the photo, she's with Chuck Schumer and Trump made the comment, quote unquote, Schumer's girlfriend. Right. This gag order is limited to posts, emails, or public remarks about judging Goran's staff. That seems wimpy to me. Oh, and it came right out and immediately it attacked Judge Ngoron. Like, yeah, surely he, qua- he... Well, the order technically isn't about Ngoron. It's about it's, his staff. But, but surely he's part of the court staff, right? He's the court. <laughs> yes, but he said his staff in particular. Right. Don't you just think that Chutkin or Ngoron or Eileen <laughs> Cannon should just like straight up issue a gag order forbidding him talking about these cases in public? I, right? I <laughs> don't think that they would want to do that. Why? For the same reason that... 
you mentioned before that they maybe check the wrong box. It gives them... Or they want him to incriminate himself. No, no, no. That they don't want to give him a grievance that has at least some surface level merit to it. At what cost, though? Like, what these outbursts he's making are doing immense damage to our institutions. Further damage, I said. I don't know that the things he's doing right now are having much impact. The point that the judge made in, in keeping him from talking about the staff is to protect the members of the court. But stopping him from talking about the case at all, I mean, every lawyer would say he shouldn't talk about the case. Right. So I don't see the judges would make the determination that that, that he'll be uh, forced to not talk about the case. I just don't think that they were want to impact or make any sort of sweeping judgment about something basically that impinges on free speech there. Okay. Two quick final notes on uh, Trump's two federal cases. He asked Judge Shutkin this week to dismiss the election interference case said because no. <laughs> he was acquitted by the U.S. Senate in his impeachment. And he also claimed he has something called presidential immunity. <laughs> where's where's the drop? That's not a thing. <laughs> it's very much like point of personal privilege. And then in the mishandling of classified documents case, we learned Trump may have given locations of our nuclear subs to some Australian billionaire. Who then talked to like 45 different people about it or 60 or something. It's ridiculous. America first, Shudson. <sighs> Why don't we take a quick break before we get into the impeachment inquiry into Joe Biden. And then after that, it's all Kevin McCarthy. We'll be right back. <laughs> Hey, FNFers, Tino here. I wanted to take a minute to tell you about a new way to support the Facts and Friends podcast. You can become a supporting listener by subscribing to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash factsandfriends, all spelled out. Between our hosting service, recording equipment, and editing and production software licenses, it costs us a decent amount to make this show for you. So we were hoping you might help us at least break even. So what's in it for you? Well, first of all, you'll help keep the show on the air. But wait, there's more. All supporters will get access to the Facts and Friends Discord server, where you can interact with the Facts and Friends community, including me and Judson. And a few lucky supporters may get to read some classified military documents. Judson and I are deeply grateful for any support you can give. And we will prove it by personally recognizing each and every Patreon supporter on the air. We're also re-releasing a ton of episodes from Judson and I's old show, The UnPR Podcast. And those are exclusively available to our Patreon supporters. Here's a little taste of what that's like. There's a penis museum in Iceland. So they <laughs> preserve penises in formaldehyde. Oh, Yep, no. yep, yep. All shapes and sizes. They have penises and penile parts from all different animals, mammals, whales to bears. It started out as a joke and it grew from there, much like many penises we all know, I'm sure. <laughs> but actually, you know what? I- I think we have someone better to explain this. We actually have a correspondent in the field right now. I'm going to turn it over to our correspondent in the field, Tino. Hi, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here. The penis is down. <laughs> I can't talk on. <laughs> it's cool. <laughs> Bye. You should totally go <laughs> So please do help keep the show on the air by supporting us over at patreon.com slash facts and friends. And if you already have, thank you so very much. Judson, the DKM house, may it rest in pieces. <laughs> <laughs>
went ahead with an impeachment inquiry into President Joe Biden at the end of September. Yep. This was after former House Speaker Kevin, I'm 1000% sure I'll serve the entire two-year term as Speaker McCarthy, said he would not call for a vote on whether or not to launch said impeachment inquiry. Now, McCarthy had previously tweeted that an impeachment probe could not move forward without a full House vote. There are also many, many recordings of him saying this. Now, this was, of course, when Nancy Pelosi decided to launch an impeachment inquiry into Donald Trump. <laughs> of course it <laughs> but was. fine. She, of she did it. Of course it was. But, and, and hey, turn turnabout is fair play. Fine. Granted, in the cases of both Trump impeachments, there was ample evidence of high crimes and misdemeanors. Whereas in this case, the GOP have no evidence of Joe Biden wrongdoing. And they admit it. <laughs> <laughs> Some of them do. And and those that don't admit it tiptoe around language. They're, they admit that they're on a fishing expedition. They're trying to find the evidence. So the inquiry in this case is to find the evidence to justify right. the impeachment they're already going to bring. So McCarthy, who at the time and throughout his short tenure as House Speaker, was terrified of being removed from his favorite job. <laughs> he, he, as, as we said, he flip-flopped and did launch the inquiry, which brought us to this. Take it away, Natalie Winters. But I think today really was rock bottom. We've hit the point where we need to bring back war room impeachment because our House Republicans don't know what they're doing at all. It's Kevin McCarthy's Hail Mary to try to convince us that we can't shut down the government. These people are fundamentally unserious. Now, if you didn't know better, you would think she's a liberal political commentator. I, right, Judson? I would. And then I read ahead and I realized that she wasn't. <laughs> she is not. That was far-right talking head and willing Steve Bannon War Room co-host Natalie Winters giving her boss her thoughts on the impeachment inquiry. And Bannon didn't disagree. I mean, Bannon, whatever you may think about him. He's a smart you know guy. What? You know what? Nope. I don't have to hand it to him. Never mind. I take it all back. I don't have to hand it to Steve Bannon. But Ms. Winters was but one voice in a chorus of right-wing commentary on the performance of their GOP heroes. Here is one of the hardest working Trump ball washers on the planet, and he loves his job. Oh, Sebastian Gorka. Seb. <laughs> yeah. He is also talking to Steve Bannon about the hearing. And they still owned the Republicans. Utterly I reserve owned them. my time on that. I mean, think ahead. about it. What did we witness today, Steve? It was impeachment 48 of President Trump. They turned the whole thing into they photographs of Ivanka, photographs of Jared. I mean, it was like, it's like, and the GOP just like, uh-huh. <laughs> wow. I, I never thought I'd say this, but uh, Sebastian Gorka is 100% right. I promise that will never be taken out of context <laughs> you're too lazy to take it out of context oh no oh no for the right for the right uh, uh the right clip i will do it <laughs> <laughs> so as proof that he's right let's listen in on a rising democratic star in the house this is jasmine crockett of texas yes she is reviewing the merits of the case to impeach as the republicans have so far laid them out have you ever heard them say if since we've been sitting here for I don't know how long? Yes, I I um I've been taking a tally. Oh, okay. Can you um, show us can you so show us what the tally is? More than thirty-five times the Republican witnesses and Republican members of the committee have used the word if. Thank you so much um, for that. Because honestly, if they would continue to say if or hunter and we were playing a drinking game, I would be drunk by now. Because I promise you, they have not talked about the subject of this, which would be the president. But let me tell you something that was so disturbing as I walked in to this chamber today. As I prepared, I said, what is the crime? Because when you're talking about impeachment, you're talking about high crimes or misdemeanors. 
And I, I can't seem to find the crime. And honestly, no one has testified of what crime they believe the president of the United States has committed. But when we start talking about things that look like evidence, they want to act like they blind. They don't know what this is. These are our national secrets. Looks like in the shitter to me. <laughs> this looks like more evidence of our national secrets, say on a stage at Miralago. When we're talking about somebody that's committed high crimes, it's at least indictments. Let's say 32 counts related to unauthorized retention of national security secrets. Seven counts related to obstructing the investigation. Three false statements. One count of conspiracy to defraud the United States. Falsifying business records. Conspiracy to defraud the United States. Two counts related to efforts to obstruct the vote certification proceedings. One count of conspiracy to violate civil rights. 23 counts related to forgery or false document statements. Eight counts related to soliciting and I could go on because he's got 91 counts pending right now but I will tell you what the president has been guilty of he has unfortunately been guilty of loving his child unconditionally and that is the only evidence that they have brought forward and honestly I hope and pray that my parents love me half as much as he loves his child until they find some evidence we need to get back to the people's work which means keeping this government open so that people don't go hungry in the streets of the United States and I will yield. So that's her doing what Sebastian Gorka said happened, which is basically rather than making a case to impeach Joe Biden, the Democrats were making a very strong case <laughs> to, to, to bring Trump back into office just to impeach him again. <laughs> I mean, if they promise to convict him, I'll agree to do it. <laughs> so it does seem like there's some bipartisan consensus around how badly James Comer and his Republican colleagues are at all of this. Let's just dig in a moment just to make sure that they didn't miss anything. <laughs> James Comer chaired the committee, or at least that's what the nameplate said his job was, because he didn't seem to know the first fucking thing about parliamentary rules or the proceeding itself. Oops. This is Congressman Goldman trying to make a point of order, which is a thing, unlike a point of personal inquiry. Point of order down here. Mr. Chairman, chair recognizes Mr. Donald for five minutes. Order, You'll have five minutes. You'll have my five minutes. The point of no, order. You're out of order. You're minutes. out of order, Mr. Goldman. I have a when your when your time is. You I will ask be to introduce chair something by unanimous Mr. Donalds for five minutes. Is it being introduced? Chair recognizes Mr. Donalds for five minutes. Byron, it's Mr. your Chairman, time. The rules require you Thank to you, recognize. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Him. No. Yes, for a point of order, they absolutely the do. Chair recognizes Mr. Donald. And is Mr. Donald's time ticking to order? No, chair Mr. Donald's time Mr. is not going to tick. Actually, Mr. Chairman, I request this clock be set back to five minutes. Set so the clock back, clock back to five minutes. Mr. Mr. Chairman, can I just make a parliamentary inquiry then? Are we not to make points of order on either side during You, you keep questioning? speaking about no evidence. Why don't you all just listen and I'm learn? trying to introduce evidence. <laughs> <laughs> Worth noting, James Coburn, who's completely wrong about the rules there. He's been in Congress and on congressional committees for almost eight years. <laughs> but did he ever go? I mean, you think he might have picked some of this stuff up? Yeah. Here is my favorite point of order. Also from uh, Jamie Raskin. While allowing Hunter Biden to exploit women, this is a shame. But let's talk about... Mr. Chairman, there's a parliamentary Hunter. challenge before us. The point of, order. Chairman, point of order. Who's the point? And we'll stop the clock for you, Ms. Green. Mr. Chairman, um, the, our colleague from Georgia has uh, introduced before pornographic exhibits and displayed things that are really not suitable for uh, children who might be watching. 
And uh, bathing uh, suits not suitable, Mr. Raskin. Well, but, well, I'm saying I would like the witness to, I would like the member to be instructed to not introduce any pornography today. <laughs> <laughs> sadly, that's real. And even more sadly. Given Marjorie's past behavior in these hearings, it was entirely warranted. So we've heard from some guests on Steve Bannon show. Here's Steve Bannon himself talking about the testimony of one of the witnesses cleared and called by Republicans to help make their impeachment case. And I think I heard this correctly. Well, have you seen any impeachable offenses? No. Have Is this worse than Trump on January 6th? No. That's maybe not a witness I call initially to lay out the case. Maybe you have your staff make sure to check that this witness isn't going to testify that this is a baseless inquiry. <laughs> well, it's the first rule of being a lawyer. Like you don't always know the answer to the ever question. ask a question you don't know the answer right. to. Yeah. All right. So, so I'm the staff and, and, and uh, I'm, I'm Comer's staff here. Hey, hey, Professor Turley, do you think we're full of shit and there's no basis for this inquiry? Uh, yeah, yes, yes, I do. <laughs> I mean, if Jonathan Turley can't spin your shit nugget into gold, like nobody can. <laughs> that seems like a conversation you might want to have before the inquiry. Like, 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 say a box you'd want to make sure you checked. <laughs> Well, to close this story out, let's be fair. We covered Trump's constant whining during his justified impeachment, season one, episode 17 for the second impeachment, one of my favorite episodes. So I think it's only right, Judson, that we cover Biden's complaints about this unjustified, absurd inquiry. Judson, can you please read some of President Biden's more inflammatory tweets about this process? Uh, I told you I was off Twitter. Um, well, there aren't but any. Aren't, but, but again, I don't think there are any tweets. <laughs> right, well, let me play the audio. Sure. Sure. Um, okay. Um, there isn't any of that either. Uh, do, do you mean to tell me, Justin, that Joe Biden isn't publicly bitching and moaning about this inquiry despite its baselessness? Pretty sure that's what we're saying. Yeah. Huh. How um presidential. He's kind of ignoring it. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll be right back after we change it to our costumes for our big Kevin McCarthy number. <laughs> oh, God. There's costumes? <laughs> yes. Hey, FNFers, Judson here. Tino and I are always looking to interact more with our fantastic audience. If you have questions, ideas, complaints, or just need a friend, you can reach out to us at factsandfriends at gmail.com. That's facts, the letter N, friends at gmail. And if you want to make a more intimate connection, I'm on Twitter at the fault in my arse. Again, the fault, the letter N, my arse. And you can find Tino at Uncle Tortilla. We can't wait to hear from you. We have a serious problem on this show, Judson. Uh oh, I know. No, not me. Uh oh, sorry, sorry. I'm talking about the House of Representatives. They're on the show. They're not on the show, but we have a problem with them on this show. Oh, okay. For nearly a year, we have referred to the 118th House as the Dunning-Kruger-McCarthy or DKM House. Right. We even have a number of awards to hand out to some of the worst of the worst, which we call, cleverly I think, our DKMEs. It's my favorite part of that whole thing. <laughs> What the fuck are we going to do now that the Democrats have managed to oust the infamous pussy of Bakersfield? I'm sorry, who ousted him? <laughs> we'll get to that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
I think I think we just keep it as the DKM house. I mean, maybe it'll work out and someone with an M name first or last will be the new speaker. I hope so. But even if it doesn't, McCarthy's still in the house. No matter who's the speaker, this is still his circus. Like there's sort of like an after stench of the fart that was Kevin McCarthy lingering <laughs> in the people's house. Yeah, he started this avalanche of idiocy down the hill. All right, well, you like, got your costume on because it's time to dance. <laughs> okay. I don't know if you remember, Judson, but we covered the 50 ring circus of humiliation that resulted in Kevin McCarthy becoming Speaker of the House back in our season three premiere. So long ago. Simpler times. <laughs> I believe that episode was aptly titled House of the Rising Dumb. Right. Yes. Well, in that episode, you gave him nine days yeah. before being yeah. removed. I gave him until the debt ceiling negotiations in June, but he dodged that bullet somehow. I, I, I still don't get it. How long did Kevin McCarthy predict he'd serve? How confident are you that you will have this job for a full two-year term? A thousand percent. <laughs> Nevin is about as good at predictions as he is at percentages. <laughs> Oh, God, Mevin. Kevin McCarthy made clear that he wanted nothing more in life than to be Speaker of the House of Representatives, no matter what. He made it clear by making the stupidest deal he possibly could to become Speaker of the House of Representatives. To ultimately get the job, he had to give up nearly all of the power of the position and hand disproportionate power and influence, not to mention his very testicles, to the extreme fringe of his party. Well, I mean, surely... Well, maybe he didn't realize it, but surely a normal person would have realized that the 15 rounds of votes and the way Gates in particular behaved during those rounds meant that this is always how it was going to end, right? Kevin McCarthy is not a smart man. <laughs> I've, no argument here. Okay. Well, he endured hours of abject humiliation leading up to getting the job back in January. But the humiliation didn't matter to him. He was thrilled to finally get the title of Mr. Manager. It's just manager. <laughs> and and I really think my, the 14th vote was my favorite one. Why? Wasn't that where there was almost a fist fight on the floor? Oh, yes. yes, 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 yes. <laughs> well, in the months, weeks, and days leading up to McCarthy's removal, his biggest forehead, I mean critic, <laughs> Matt, <laughs> Matt Gates of Florida and of alleged sexual trafficking of a minor fame repeated the threat that he would move to vacate the speakership. He's threatened McCarthy a few times, yeah. especially leading up to the removal. Honestly, I, I blame Matt Gates for our predictions not working out. Actually, it's his fault. <laughs> for not getting it done in yeah. a more timely fashion. Absolutely. <laughs> Matt and Kevin even exchanged some professional and measured tweets like the mature national <laughs> leaders they are. Kevin McCarthy tweeted to bring it on, to which Matt Gates replied, just did. To which Elon Musk replied, this whole exchange is amazing. <laughs> God. Or something to that effect. And that is exhibit 5,478,932 of the GOP WWE approach to leadership. Yeah. I mean, the WWE is actually entertaining sometimes. I feel like this. Oh, this is entertaining. It's just we're going to pay for it in the end. I don't know. I, I It's, it's kind of like watching one of those mockumentaries where like the cringe is just a little bit too much for me sometimes. I can't watch. The... Are you not like a Ricky Gervais type comedy fan where it's like I cringe, mean, cringe comedy? I, no, I can't do it. I mean, I watch. So I'm like, I like The Office, but like I can't go back and rewatch some scenes in the office because like it's too much for me yeah they're just too embarrassing yeah. by proxy well gates said he just brought it and for once matt gates wasn't lying just just the one stuff <laughs> Uh, no, there are a few other times he didn't lie. Damn it. And on the eve of the vote, it looked like McCarthy would need at least a few Democrats to save him. 
Right, Matt? If the Democrats want to own Kevin McCarthy, they can have it. Because one thing I'm at peace with is when we stand here uh, a week from now, I won't own Kevin McCarthy anymore. He won't, but you won't belong to me. So if the Democrats want to adopt him, they can adopt well, him. That is some vicious fucking trolling. Yeah, yeah. And the Democrats did, didn't want to adopt him. <laughs> no. And he's not wrong. He did own at least part of Kevin McCarthy. We covered which oh, parts earlier. 100%. Yeah. yeah. So you and I talked about this off the air the night before the vote, Judson. Yes. And if I recall correctly, we disagreed on whether or not the Democrats should come to McCarthy's aid. Is that right? Am I remembering that correctly? I think we disagreed on whether or not it made political sense, I guess. Okay. I did not think they should help. Right. And I thought, and please correct me if I'm misremembering this, you were worried that the alternative to McCarthy would be worse or could be worse. I mean, that's certainly a concern. I think my bigger concern was that I think what we talked about was I think that the right is better at messaging. Oh, for sure. And that the chaos in the House would be spun by both sides as the fault of the other and that the right tends to win that battle. I'm still a little nervous about that, honestly. I'm more nervous than I was before. And we'll get to the alternatives yeah. in a minute. And the media is really helping that along with like the how that, you know, Democrats oust McCarthy narrative that many yeah. outlets are pushing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, And we're also going to get to that in a minute. So as the sun came up on the day of the vote to vacate the Birds chirping. It became very clear the Democrats were not going to have Mevins back on this vote. Not a one of them. I was a little surprised. But I mean, part of it is, is stuff I didn't have any insight into. I think there's still stuff we don't have insight into. Also clear was that there were at least six Republican votes to remove McCarthy, which was enough to pass the resolution. Right. One of those six was Tim Burchett of Tennessee. And I feel like the Burchett-McCarthy <laughs> story is emblematic of how terrible Kevin McCarthy and more broadly most Republicans are at their jobs. Burchett is is a good friend and ally of McCarthy. But he'd gone on a news talk show uh, the day before the vote, and he said that he was weighing his friendship with McCarthy against his conscience, and that he had to pray to decide which way he was going to vote. So per Burchett, and he, Burchett told this story on CNN, McCarthy calls him and belittles his religion and Burchett's need to pray before making this decision in what was, I guess, I don't know, an effort to win Burchett's vote? <laughs> <laughs> now, we haven't talked about it recently, but I think when we went through the 15 rounds of voting, we decided that we were not at any point going to shame Kevin McCarthy for his humiliation <laughs> kink. So Did we decide that? I think we should stick with that that rule. That was a good decision. That, we I don't mean, kink shame here, Tino. He's got one job. It's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> his job is just like kiss this guy's ass so we'll vote for him. And he shits on his religion. Some people are famously easygoing about, yes. Well, Burchett didn't have to pray anymore after that conversation. He had decided he was going to vote to remove his friend, Kevin McCarthy. No, no, no. Because Kevin McCarthy was no longer his friend. Like, he was balancing his conscience and his friendship. And then Kevin McCarthy was like, fuck you, dude. And so it's like, oh, no. So it's just the conscience. Okay, got it. So then it came time to vote. Um, the first vote was to table the resolution, and 10 Republicans, including Mr. Burchett, who no longer needed prayer to decide, voted no with the Democrats. Right. That meant we were getting the real vote. We're going to vote, yeah. But first, each side had 30 minutes to make their case for or against removing McCarthy. Now, normally, you would have the Democrats on one side and the Republicans on the other. <laughs> yep. But this is a Republican civil war, so only Republicans spoke this entire time. Yeah. 
Democrats laughed occasionally. I know you followed some of these speeches. So. I watched almost all of this live, yeah. Okay, great. So the speeches, and, and tell me if I miss one of the characteristics here. These speeches opposing the removal of McCarthy had very similar themes. One, the House has gotten so much done for conservatives. Right. Two, Kevin McCarthy is a national hero. <laughs> Three, Democrats are evil. Yeah. And four, Matt Gates is a colossal asshole. That seems to be the, the gist of all of them, yes, on, on okay. the one side. I mean, you know what floors me? To hear your garden variety Republican talk about Democrats these days, you'd think they were talking about the worst enemy of the United States. They talk about Democrats like they used to talk about the USSR in the 80s or, or Muslims in the 90s in the aughts. When you listen to them talk about Democrats, it's pretty unsettling and, and, and probably why we're edging ever closer to civil war. They've made us. You just said we already got it. We've got civil war. It's just Republicans only. That's Republican civil war. <laughs> U.S. Civil War may be coming. They didn't invite the rest of us. No, they didn't. I didn't realize this is how it would go down. And really, like, you are either with or against these guys. They wouldn't let Gates even speak at the podium on their side. Right, right. They, had, they sent him over to the Democrat side, yeah. yeah. They exiled him to the Democratic side of the House chambers. So most of these Republicans who were against removing McCarthy, they kept referencing these huge conservative legislative victories that they'd had as a conference. Right. But nearly every example they cited went to the Senate to die. Yeah, yeah, they did. Is it an achievement to send dead legislation to the Senate? It's no, it's it's it, it's a hollow it, theatrical gesture. <laughs> it's exactly what it is. It's just partisan theater. Yeah. Well, the pro removal side was mostly Matt Gates, who kept making me uncomfortable by having to agree with him. <laughs> the one thing that the White House, House Democrats, and many of us on the conservative side of the Republican caucus would argue is that the thing we have in common. Kevin McCarthy said something to all of us at one point or another that he didn't really mean and never intended to live up to. He ain't wrong. <laughs> it's crazy to me that Matt Gates could go make his case for the removal of Kevin McCarthy. And all he had to do was literally just say what had happened. Yep. He didn't have to tell stories like, like the guys on the other side. Remember I said he doesn't always lie? He didn't really have to he lie. Did, I know, I know. I, that's what I said, damn it, when you said that, because I realized that this was coming up. <laughs> yeah. All he had to do was just tell the truth about Kevin McCarthy and you're like oh yeah that guy shouldn't be speaker yeah <laughs> well Gates had a little assistance or, or something on his side here's Andy Biggs lending his deft rhetorical skills <laughs> it wasn't gonna happen before you were you were betting on the come again at some point I'd urge you to stop betting on the come <laughs> I, now, I, Andy, I, now Andy <laughs> need I remind you I would like the member to be instructed to not introduce any pornography today <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, it's, Congressman Raskin. I kind of like zoned out a little bit when Biggs came up to speak, and I just caught that clip at that, that very end of that. You caught some cum in your ear? <laughs> don't bet on the cum. And I was like, I, was, I went to our Discord chat, and I was like, did he Did he say he's betting on cum? I don't understand what's happening. I don't. I clearly missed something. <laughs> I think it was supposed to be a craps reference, and saying that out loud now, I'm not sure it makes it better. <laughs> don't think it does. Well, after what felt like an eternity, finally the speeches were done, and it was... Time to vote. Dun, dun, dun. Unlike the usual electronic vote, though, this was a roll call vote. Yeah. So each congressperson had to announce their vote out loud. I assume that was some sort of like lame intimidation technique. Yeah, I think so. That's that's yeah. my best guess. So as the votes were being announced, I was thinking ahead in the alphabet, right? Bobert had been staunchly opposed to McCarthy back in January. She never actually voted for him to be speaker. She, right. she voted present. So I was waiting for her turn to vote. And I was kind of perplexed when she stood up and said, no for now. Because oh. a no vote was to keep McCarthy a speaker. Yeah. Well, take it for what it's worth. And, and Laura Loomer said it. So 
It's not worth much, but <laughs> Laura, Laura Loomer accused McCarthy of bribing Boebert for her support by donating almost $100,000 and two tickets to Beetlejuice the Musical to her campaign. <laughs> Sorry. L- Loomer only actually accused of, uh, McCarthy of donating the cash, not the tickets. We could buy a lot of tickets with that $100,000. We may never know, but the accusation has been floated, and she did show some receipts that McCarthy had donated to her campaign. Right. To the tune of uh, close to $100,000. Anyway, the voting continued. Worth noting, Matt Gates cast the 69th vote to remove. Nice. I'm sure he did prefer the 16th or 17th vote, though. Um, <laughs> strangely, Nancy Mace, who is often wrongly accused of being moderate, mostly wrongly accused by Nancy Mace, she yeah. she voted to remove McCarthy. Yeah. Afterwards, she claimed it was over broken promises, but McCarthy expressed confusion over her vote. I'm sure he was confused about Burchett, too, who's in religion he insulted. and He claimed he had not insulted Burchett's religion. I should have pointed that out. Yeah. Well, after the... Dust settled and all the votes were cast. It was official. On this vote, the yeas are 216, the nays are 210. The resolution is adopted. Without objection, the motion to reconsider is laid on the table. The office of Speaker of the House of the United States House of Representatives is hereby declared vacant. Now, if you thought that gavel pounding was loud, <laughs> you should. You should hear the one this angry little gnome in a bow tie made a few minutes later. He's my angry little gnome in a bow tie. All right. Let's talk about the fallout, Judson. Despite having done this to themselves, yeah. mm-hmm. the Republicans were hella mad, mostly at Democrats. They are that guy on the bike meme. I mean, they are that guy who like throws the bar into his own spokes, flips his bike, and then blames something else. I mean, right. that's what happened. On his way out, Mevin also made clear that Nancy Pelosi and Steny Hoyer were to be evicted from their offices. Um, some folks wrongly attributed that move to Little Bowtie Man. That was actually McCarthy's order. In the immediate wake of his ouster, I was in our Discord channel. I was cheering McCarthy on for another much longer round of humiliating no votes on his speakership. <laughs> I was hoping for something like in the triple digits. Even his humiliation kink only goes so far. Yeah, that's right. My hopes were dashed (laughs) as later Tuesday evening, McCarthy announced he would not seek the speakership again. He, in fact, held a press conference a few hours after being removed. And at first, it seemed like he kind of set out in this press conference to be the bigger man about the whole ordeal. But as he kept talking, he couldn't control himself. And he just started shifting into this airing of grievances. Festivus! It's perpetual Festivus on the GOP side. Yeah. I could always tell what day it was based upon your question. Monday, you would ask if I could pass the bill. Tuesday was whether the rule would pass. Wednesday was the greatest challenge ever to my speakership. And Thursday, when we passed the bill, you didn't think it was a very big deal. That was McCarthy bitching about the press treating him poorly and a clip of a song you forgot had existed and hope <laughs> never again to remember. Can I just say something, though? Like, Sure. So like the original clip before we inserted Rebecca, lovely Rebecca Black into it, he says the whole thing starts over on Friday. Right. But it started on Monday. Yes. And it gets to, but starts over on Friday. So how does he know which day of the week it is again? Well, there are reasons he got fired. Why are you surprised? <laughs> Man's not smart, I guess. Is what he is saying. not. He, he also blamed Nancy Pelosi, who was in 
California for Diane Feinstein's funeral. Right. He claimed that she assured him she'd have his back if anyone ever tried to remove him. I have to say, in her defense, she did not vote to remove Kevin McCarthy. I mean, she had to kill Diane Feinstein so she would be out of town when the vote occurred don't, in order to do it. Don't encourage them, Judson. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, Nancy's crafty. Well, as his meandering press conference ticked into a second hour, McCarthy abruptly ended the event with this magnanimous farewell. I'm sure I won't miss you, but see you soon. <laughs> so much for being the big man. Poor Mevin. He's so sad. Now, McCarthy wasn't the only one to blame Democrats for his removal. Uh, Mike Bloomberg insisted Jeffrey should have moved to save McCarthy's speakership, arguing that the next speaker will likely be to McCarthy's right and that Dems might have been able to cut a deal with McCarthy. But McCarthy didn't want to make a deal. He didn't. And hadn't stuck to previous deals he had made. Exactly. I'm not making a deal with a guy who's broken so many promises and lied. <laughs> but Bloomberg also insisted that Democrats should have helped if for no other reason than to avoid the chaos we're in now and i say fuck that uh, yeah if our response to him weaponizing the speakership to take some people on trump's hit list off of committees and or center them is to get in bed with him if our response to him caving to so many of the extreme fringe of his party's demands including the bullshit impeachment inquiry into joe biden is to save his ass like what are we doing no no it, if mccarthy wanted to save his speakership he had options available he did not avail himself of them right. and honestly i think mccarthy could have been a more effective speaker had he not cave to his most conservative, most radical parts of his caucus. Had he actually worked with Democrats, he'd still be speaker. Yeah, he could have actually been a consensus sort of speaker and gotten things but done. But that doesn't work in the Republican Party. It, do it doesn't. It doesn't. Remember, we are the enemies. <laughs> but he could have gotten the backing of the Democrats had he made right. deals that he stuck to and that got Democrats some things they wanted and got Republicans things they wanted. Absolutely. Like, the compromise could have worked. He chose instead to appease his most radical members who cannot be appeased. Right. There is nothing short of abject total destruction of their opposition that they will accept. And they thrive on chaos. Yeah. It's part of their plan. So what's next? Well, after totally breaking the House of Representatives on Tuesday, Republicans opted to do the thing you're supposed to do after you fuck everything up at work. Take a little me time. Take a vacation. <laughs> <laughs> The House is mostly dead in the water until a new speaker is voted in. A few have unofficially expressed interest. Steve Scalise, who was second in the Republican conference after McCarthy, has expressed his intention to seek the role publicly. Also publicly expressing interest in the role is Judiciary Committee Chair and alleged enabler of sexual predators in education, one Jim Jordan. Right. So wasn't Hastert involved in wrestling and sexual predators? Dennis Hastert? That rings a bell, but yeah. I don't recall. Well, Liz Cheney had some thoughts on Jim Jordan. Jim Jordan knew more about what Donald Trump had planned for January 6th than any other member of the House of Representatives. And if the Republicans decide that Jim Jordan should be the Speaker of the House, um, there will, and I, by the way, I don't think that's going to happen. I think he'll lose. But if they were to decide that, there would no longer be any possible way to argue that a group of elected Republicans could be counted on to defend the Constitution. Oh, my. So she, she's not a fan. No. 
Turns and out she's not even one of those collegiate wrestlers that got sexually violated repeatedly over years while Jordan just chose <laughs> to look the other way, allegedly. So, so you're saying there are a lot of non-fans of Jim Jordan out there? Yes. Now, at first, Scalise was thought to have the easiest path to replace McCarthy, but I read an Axios report that said that some of McCarthy's allies and perhaps McCarthy himself might be backing Jordan. Why? McCarthy and Scalise have history. Oh, okay. McCarthy's not a big Steve Scalise fan. Gotcha. And interestingly enough, the fringe of the Republican conference that opposed McCarthy in January did seem to support Jordan for speaker back then. I'm not clear if they would still support him today without the usual surrendering of the balls. <laughs> I'm curious, is it a delay tactic? Like they're splitting the vote so that if McCarthy joins with the most conservative folks to support Jordan, there isn't enough support for Scalise. So it's just basically to just tank both. The Times reported that there's a dispute over the rules among the Republican conference. Ah. Some of them want to make sure that they don't get to a floor vote for speaker without near certainty that it would be successful. So <laughs> one of the rules is that they need to be um, unanimous in conference. Good luck. <laughs> exactly. But to be successful in the first floor vote, that would require 218 votes, and that includes some fucking lunatics. Speaking of. So, yes, exactly. <laughs> there are also some more outside-of-the-box candidates for speaker being put forward. Here's George Santos auditioning for the part. I have not not done my job <laughs> since I've gotten here. Uh, I can chew and walk gum at the same time. What? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I expected him to say he was already speaker. Yeah, <laughs> I had heard that was the case. I've also heard Liz Cheney floated uh, as a consensus pick. Uh, remember, the speaker doesn't have to be a member of Congress. Uh. Do they know what consensus means? <laughs> It's not someone that everyone voted against, just for the record. Right. The Democrats will nominate Hakeem Jeffries, but he's about as likely as this next guy we're going to talk about to get the job. And he's not even <laughs> under indictment. Uh, some Republicans have called on Trump to take the role. And Trump actually suggested he'd do it if he had to. But he has officially backed Jordan. Right. Now, you probably heard the GOP has a rule. Democrats have a, a similar rule. Uh, but the GOP has a rule that says someone can't be speaker while under indictment. Or any party leadership. Yeah. Now, this is technically true. But those rules are not legally binding. And if we know anything about the Republican Party, it's that they don't care much for following rules even when they are legally binding. I was going to say, like, the legally <laughs> binding thing wasn't really a deal breaker to begin with. <laughs> So one last footnote before we take a break, Judson. Do we think Gates is going to get Cawthorned? And don't answer just yet, because I want to make sure oh, everyone knows what that means. I already had an answer. I kind of bet you do. <laughs> Getting Cawthorned refers to what happened to Madison Cawthorn after he revealed the congressional cocaine orgies. Suddenly, all these stories about his sex life, many suggesting that he enjoyed the company of men, they started emerging um, the minute he exposed the dirty underbelly of congressional life in D.C. And I won't go over the sordid details other than to say... Oh my, oh my, oh. That was technically Max and Cawthorn <laughs> saying that, not me. All right, Jetson, what do you think? Are they going yes. to Cawthorn Madison yes. Gates? Hell, yes, they're already doing it. Well, here is Mark Wayne. Why is there no space between Mark and Wayne Mullen discussing <laughs> Gates? <laughs> discussing Gates with CNN shortly after McCarthy was removed. This is a guy that didn't have, that the media didn't give a time of day to after he was accused of sleeping with an underage girl. And there's a reason why no one and the conference came and defended him because we had all seen the videos he was showing on the house floor that all of us had walked away of the girls that he had slept with. He'd brag about how he would crush ED medicine and, and, and chase it with, um, with an energy drink so he could go all night. See, they're already doing it. Okay. Gates, who has never been or not yet been, depending on who you ask, indicted for child sex trafficking. He denied Mullen's allegations, straight up calling them a lie. We need to say that. And we know that that means that must be true. Okay. <laughs> 
Now, hear me out, Judson. There have been rumblings that they reopened the ethics investigation in the house uh, to control gates and that they may move to expel him from the house, which honestly might be the first real bipartisan vote both sides feel good about if it came to pass. Expelling gates. I'm open to that. Yeah. But what I think is missing for this to be a true Cawthorn is an accusation of queerness. I feel like there have been rumors in the past about Gates being bisexual. You know, there were yeah. insinuations about his relationship with his young Latino houseboy. Right. Uh, I've heard rumors of an affair with a male staffer. I feel like for this to be Cawthorning, they have to go there. They're gonna go there. That's gonna happen. The oppo file on Gates is, I'm sure, huge and is about to break wide open. Well, that is something I can't wait to cover. <laughs> we'll be right back. In these uncertain times, you need a quick and secure way to manage your money without the hassles of credit cards and banks. That's why we have made it easy. Now you can instantly pay everyone from your tailor to your stylist to your teeth whitener to a former Seminole County tax collector to all your underage globe-trotting weekend girlfriends. Hate privacy? Don't worry, we'll make sure all your records are accessible to the liberal media. Whether staying at home or crossing state lines, Venmo is here for you. Matt? The Facts and Friends podcast is brought to you by people like you. More and more, corporate America is taking over the podcast scene. Your support helps stave off a complete takeover. Please take a moment to share the podcast with your friends and followers via social media or word of mouth. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for helping out. It really does mean a lot. Thank you all so much for listening to the show this week. The Facts and Friends podcast is written and directed by me, Tino. Judson and I actually do the editing and producing, executive and otherwise. We are an independent outfit. No staff. If it gets done, Judson and I did it. Uh, whoa, 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 whoa. I mean, I feel like we should say we got somebody else on staff just to like to give us a little bit of cover here, just in case something gets out that we didn't, it wasn't received the way we intended it to be. Sure. Kevin McCarthy has a little extra time on his hands. <laughs> Before we get to our close topic, we need to talk. Just the three of us. <laughs> the Facts and Friends podcast needs your help. As an independently produced show, there is no big corporation behind us paying our bills. Sadly, most podcasts these days are owned by huge corporations, but we're not one of those. So the bills we have come out of our pockets. By helping us, you're not only keeping this show on the air, you're honestly doing your part to support independent podcasters. Here's what you can do. Tell your friends about the show. Encourage them to listen and subscribe and tell their friends. Also, five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts help a ton, so please do leave us one. There are a few we need to get to, Judson. We've, we've received a few, and, oh. and some of them are very, very good. We need to read those. We will. Finally, if you have a few spare dollars, and we understand not everyone does, you would be doing us a huge favor by joining our community of supporters on Patreon at patreon.com slash facts and friends. Now, <laughs> this is interesting. We have never ever mentioned the fact that you can donate to this show on our website at facts and friends, facts letter and friends dot captivate dot FM. Right. Because we yeah. hate asking for money. Yeah. We've never actually mentioned it. It's been available for months, but we've never mentioned the feature. Yeah. You know, we resisted talking about money at all for so long. And now we won't <laughs> fucking shut up about it. 
But I wanted to mention this tipping ability because we had an intrepid listener who found this tip button without us ever having mentioned it and tipped us a, a very generous amount. So thank you so much for the tip, Michael Midori. That was awesome of you. We both appreciate so much that you love the show enough to help us out monetarily. Yes, we do. Thank you so much. Many of you have also helped in your own way, and we're extremely grateful for that. Remember, continuing to promote the show to your friends and followers is free and super valuable to us. We'd love to keep doing the show, and we can't do it without you. All right, Judson, I want to talk briefly about the latest entry into the race to become the definitive right-wing hate anthem. But first, it's not our song? It's not. We're in the running. Okay. But before we do that, <laughs> Trump had a rally today, and he said this about Joe Biden. He's got a consultant somewhere. This is the worst consultant in politics that thinks he looks good in a bathing suit, right? <laughs> no, he, he spends so much time at the beach. And, you know, how do you do that? And, you know, I have a much better body than him. <laughs> Where do you keep it? But I'm not really sure that I want to <laughs> expose it with the sun blaring down and the sand, the surf, the wind, you know. You, I mean, you know, it's not a pretty sight. There's not enough bronzer in the fucking world. That is Donald Trump's uh, greatest fear, the wind at the beach. <laughs> Judson, what are your thoughts on this claim? I'd like to know. I, I, I don't know if I, it came through in the final cut, but I'd like to know where he keeps the body that he has that is better than Joe Biden's. <laughs> really? Seriously? Now, would you be up for the first presidential debate? There probably won't be one, <laughs> but for them to do it shirtless? I would love to have a swimsuit portion of the competition. I think that's, that's only fair. <laughs> I mean, we, we will ultimately regret it, but now we're asking for it. I think America deserves this. Oh, we do. On every level this. of the word deserve. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the right doesn't know it yet, but they are competing with our show <laughs> to win the hearts, minds, and most importantly, dollars of MAG America in a contest to have the official hate anthem of their racist, xenophobic, homophobic, misogynist movement. There are a lot more phobias in there. Uh, yeah. Implied, <laughs> okay. at least. Previously, this contest had been explicitly for a country music hate anthem, but we're opening things up a little bit this week. Okay. Here are the entries so far. Jason Aldean for his racist paint by number garbage song he didn't write. Try that in a small town. <laughs> right. Chris Lunsford, aka Oliver Anthony. Yep. Rich men north of Richmond. Sure. Aka the Facts and Friends podcast with... We've said the name of the song before, but yeah, whatever. Yeah. Now, Eric Trump's wife and likely his legal guardian, Laura Trump, she covered Tom Petty's Won't Back Down. <laughs> the cover she released was heavily auto-tuned and super bland and emotionless. Which sounds like Laura Trump. There was a video circulating around the internet of her singing a little uh, of the song Acapella on a news show. Yes. But that video had its audio altered oh. and it made her sound super off-key. That was originally going to be our closed topic. I was looking forward to talking about well, it. I heard the regular, the, the unaltered version. It wasn't terrible. Her acapella performance was nasally, but it was more or less in tune. So do you think we should count that as an entry into this non existent contest <laughs> is my first question to you. Mm, I think we should. Yeah. Okay. So Lara Trump yeah. cover of Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers won't back down. And Tom Petty would have hated that. Yes. So I, I think it's, it's, it's bo offensive both to all of America and to Tom Petty specifically. So yeah, let's, 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 let's throw it in there. I had forgotten he was dead and this was the first time I was glad he was dead because <laughs> he didn't have to witness or hear this. <laughs> now that that's settled, we can definitely count this one. I don't have to ask you about this. Gospel singer by day and mega cultist by morning, noon, and night, Jimmy <laughs> Levy brought together some of the right's littlest known grifters to collaborate on a sort of MAGA, we are the world, singing ability optional. <laughs> Oh my God. Also involved, I mentioned at the top of the show, are Forgiato Blow yeah. of Boycott Target fame, if you want to call it that, 
and former <laughs> national security advisor and pardoned felon General Michael Flynn. <sighs> the song is called Freedom, and the video opens with this title screen. Can you read this for us, Judson? Sure, I can read this. Amidst a firmament consumed by the oppressive grip of government overreach and tyrannical control, a man by the name of Jimmy Levy, is it Levy? Do you think anyone really gives a shit? <laughs> A man by the name of Jimmy Levy emerged, poised to make a difference. Fueled by the Holy Spirit, he set out to bring together a group of gifted individuals. United by a common thread, they poured their souls into recording the timeless and evocative hymn of freedom. Also, they misspelled fueled. Now, we are going to demonstrate that there are some lies here. Talent being one of them. And maybe they're talented, but their talent isn't singing. <laughs> they're gifted individuals. He didn't say gifted with what? That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> All right. Here's a little taste of freedom. From the shores of California All the way down to the Keys Only he will bring us closer <laughs> When we fall to our knees <laughs> so, so That was for Giotto Blowing. Did you recognize the second voice, Justin? I did not. That was one ever so slightly auto-tuned Michael Flynn. They were both auto-tuned though, right? They, oh, they were both okay. auto-tuned, but the, the, the second vocalist was auto-tuned up the fucking ass. Definitely was. Yeah, uh, that was like... Share, do you believe in life after love <laughs> auto-tuning? But that's not even the most egregious example. You can burn down our buildings and we'll still find oh my God. home. Who knew Gladys from Portal was a mega person? <laughs> this was a triumph. I'm making a note here. Huge success. It's hard to overstate my satisfaction. Too nerdy, Judson? Maybe a little, but I loved it. Right. <laughs> she's kind of an iconic villain. I think she's an iconic villain in any medium, not just video games. She's great. Well, Judson, the reviews for Jimmy Levy's Freedom are in. And what are they? <laughs> Here we go. At Phase Blowly marveled at the technical achievement of the piece, saying, quote, Dick type production, guys. Great job masking the auto tune. You could barely hear it. <laughs> That's all I could hear. <laughs> at the tweet underscore father proclaimed, I'm a communist now. <laughs> <laughs> At Magnolia Fan underscore one hailed the track as quote music for homosexuals. <laughs> Glowing reviews. And at K2, the sky raved. I wanted to sing along, but I threw up in my mouth, so that may not work out. <laughs> no, they can just auto-tune it. It'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> that is our show for this week. Thank you all so much for listening. Barring serious injury or illness, we will be back next week on the new show. I am officially promising that, Judson. And you've never broken a promise to our listeners. <laughs> I'm the Kevin McCarthy of promising a <laughs> show next week. <laughs> All right. Uh, for the better part of six hours, uh, I have been following these hearings, save an hour off to do my Fox Business show earlier today. Uh, I don't know what was achieved over these last six plus hours. Welcome, everybody. I'm Neil Cavuto. I want to put in perspective here, though, and we are going to legally go through all the details. But uh, James Comer, the Oversight Committee chairman, had said that there would be presented a mountain of evidence against Mr. Biden. It was referring to President Biden. But none of the expert witnesses today presented yet any any proof for impeachment. Now,